you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How are we doing? How are we doing? And welcome to episode number 89 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you had a great Labor Day weekend. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. The Celtics are now up three games to two, three games to two, three games to two. Hey, 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 hey against the Toronto Raptors in their second round series of the Eastern Conference playoffs. You love to see it. They got two games left to win one. They got two chances to win one. Hopefully it's only one game where they can win one and that's it. But 111-89, an absolute blowout over the Toronto Raptors. And this is how the podcast is going to work today. We'll talk about the five things that I looked for in the series preview. We'll talk about the five things I was looking for in game five. We'll recap the game and then I'll talk about the five things that the Celtics need to do, or I think they need to do, to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals against most likely the Toronto, uh, not the Toronto Raptors, because that's who they would beat if they did make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, but what they would have to do to either play the Miami Heat or the Milwaukee Bucks, and it looks like it's going to be the Miami Heat, but don't want to get too too ahead of ourselves right now because the Celtics still need to win one more game against a very, 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 very good basketball team, even though they didn't look like it last night. So, The five things I was looking for in the series. Fast break points. Can the Celtics control the Raptors' fast break? The Raptors scored 18 fast break points, but to be honest with you, I feel like a majority of them were in the fourth quarter when both teams really didn't give a crap, so that's all good for me. Can Brad Stevens outcoach Nick Nurse? I thought Brad Stevens made a lot of defensive adjustments going from Game 4 to Game 5, and it worked out very well because the Raptors couldn't get into the paint if their life depended on it, and I thought that was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Siakam versus Tatum. Both didn't really have great games. Siakam did shoot the ball well, but he had some foul trouble. Jason Tatum rebounded the ball very well, got to the free throw line a good chunk, but not enough in my opinion, if you ask me, and not because of the refs, because the Celtics won the free throw battle, they won the, they had the least amount of fouls, etc., etc. So it had nothing to do with the refs, it was just more of how Jason Tatum played and why he didn't, didn't get to the free throw line more, but we'll talk about that later on. The guard play. I thought Kemba and Marcus played much better than Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Fleet. 33 points, 13 assists, and 11 boards combined for Marcus and Kemba. I think Van Fleet and Lowry scored 10 and 18 or something along those lines. Yeah, it was like 28 points, but they didn't get as many rebounds. They didn't get as many assists. I thought Kemba and Marcus played great. I have a few complaints about Marcus Smart. We'll talk about that in a bit. It's more of a rant, so hopefully you enjoy it. And then the bench. I cannot get over how disappointed or not, maybe disappointed is the wrong word, how, hmm, what's the phrase I'm looking for? I don't really know, to be honest with you, because I don't know the words, because I'm not very bright, um, but I really didn't like 
how oh not I to be honest with you, not that I care and now I feel like I'm rambling because I can't figure out the goddamn phrase or words I'm looking for. I'm just shocked at the lack of bench play that Nick Nurse is using for his Toronto Raptors team. I understand that Kyle Kyle Lowry playing 46 minutes a night and Serge Ibaka playing you know. 45 minutes a night. I understand that's very important, but I, I, I just can't believe we're not seeing more Boucher, more Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Stanley Johnson. We're only seeing really Serge Ibaka, Powell, and that Mike or Matt Thomas kid. I'm having a brain fart in his name. They're only going three deep. The Celtics are going three deep too. I just thought this, the bench would be playing a much bigger role in this series, and it's not. But Norman Powell did play very well. I think that was the best game Norman Powell played so far. I was very nervous Norman Powell going into this game, uh, going into this series because of how well he played, not only, not only in the playing-in games, or the seeding games, but also against the My, um, not the Miami Heat, the Brooklyn Nets in round one of the playoffs. As you guys can see, I have the Miami Heat on my mind, uh, but it should be the Toronto Raptors, and I'm sorry about that. And we're going to focus on the Toronto Raptors because the Celtics still need to win one more game. But the bench play from Brad Wanamaker last night was delightful. I just want to say a quick hello, and yes, I'm waving. I know you can't see me, but I just want to say a quick hello to all the Brad Wanamaker haters out there. I understand when he is on a fast break. It's it. It it makes you want to pull your hair out, and I agree with you. But besides that, 15 points, 28 minutes, zero turnovers, three of five from three. Or, yeah, three of five from three. Tip of the hat to Brad Wanamaker. And tip of the hat to Brad Stevens for trusting Brad Wanamaker to play those those amount of minutes in such a serious and very important game. So bravo to the Brads. Bravo, bravo, bravo. Brad Wanamaker, I understand, folks, isn't this great off-the-bench guy. He looks like he's 62 years old. I get all that. But Brad Wanamaker can play basketball. I understand some of his shots are laser beams. They're not nicely arched shots, but he can get to the free throw line. He can play physical. He can rebound, and he can play smart and not have any stupid turnovers. I know at times he can do that, but in this game, that was better than a Shane Larkin performance for those of you that still miss Shane Larkin. Um, yeah, yeah, I said it. It is a great performance from Brad Wanamaker. So the five things that I was looking for in game five, can the Celtics come out strong? Can they stop being mentally soft? And I think they did that. I didn't think they came out soft at all. They came out very strong. They basically played strong until about the fourth quarter. They really didn't give up until about the fourth quarter, which I thought was great. The big three, they needed to play lights out. Tatum didn't score the ball as much as I would like him to, but overall, the big three, Kemba, Jalen, and Jason, combined for 65 points. Kemba had seven assists. Tatum had 10 boards. Jalen had 27 points. Absolutely fantastic performance from the big three. Can the Celtics hit their free throws? Because I think they missed six or seven, yeah, six, seven, maybe even eight free throws in game four. They went 24 of 27 from the line in game five. The Raptors only got to the line 13 times. That is obviously going to change in game six. I don't think, I wouldn't be surprised if it's flip-flopped with the way sometimes the NBA works. But at the end of the day, it's all about who is the most aggressive team. And it showed last night that the Boston Celtics were the most aggressive team. With that being said, the other thing that I was looking for, be the scrappy team that we all know that we are, you know, everyone knows that the Boston Celtics is a scrappy team and it didn't look like it with the amount of offensive rebounds the Raptors got. I didn't like the fact that they got 10 offensive rebounds and that obviously has to improve in game six, but the Celtics did try and win all those 50-50 balls. I think they did a great job and, you know, I wouldn't say the Raptors gave them a punch. They just gave them a little jab and they took it. 
reacted to it, and they played fantastic, I thought, last night, especially defensively. And that was all because Brad Stevens stopped being cute with his rotations, with his adjustments. He just coached, and he did that. He kept Tyson for a really long time. You didn't see a lot of Grant Williams. You didn't see a lot of Shemi. You know, Jalen played 37 minutes, Smart 35, Kemba 36. Tice played 30, which I think might be the most that he's played in this in this series so far. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But I felt like Daniel Tice was out there a lot, and he did a very good job. So, um, and we'll talk about Daniel Tice in a little bit. But most important players for each team. I was really concerned last after game four because Kyle Lowry, I said, was the most important piece of the the Raptors team, and it showed. But he couldn't get going early, and he only took eight shots, and look what happened. It was a blowout. And then for the Celtics, I think the most important player for the Celtics in this series was going to be Jalen Brown. He came out the ball. He came out the gate shooting the ball a lot, and it paid off. You know, maybe a little too much, but 10 of 18 from the field, 3 of 7 from 3, 4 of 4 from the line, 6 boards, 3 steals. He was a plus 19. He only had 2 fouls. Jalen Brown didn't get into foul trouble. That's great. And there wasn't a lot of hesitation. If Jalen Brown is the Celtics' best player, and you could still get 18 points out of Tatum, and 21 points out of Kemba, and 15 points out of Tice, and 12 points out of Marcus Smart, and so on and so forth, that is going to be huge for the Celtics moving forward if they can advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. The other thing, I think I just said it, but because I black out whenever I do these podcasts and I just ramble and ramble and ramble and people are like, dude, I loved when you said that. And I'm like, I said that, I had no idea. But the lack of hesitation from Jalen Brown last night compared to game four was fantastic. He did hesitate one time in the corner. There was a corner three like in the first quarter or he should have taken the corner three, hesitated, drove to the basket, didn't really work out that well, but that's okay. But overall, Jalen didn't hesitate as much and that was great. But what was really great was the Celtics' defense looked very good and very strong, especially inside the free-throw line. The Raptors might have gotten too many open threes for my liking to start the game, but they missed them all, which is perfectly fine by me. The crazy part about this game is the Raptors actually shot a better three-point percentage and actually made more three-pointers than the Boston Celtics did. And usually, or I don't want to say usually, but the trends in the first you know, four games of the series was whichever team shoots the three ball better, usually most likely will win the game. But the Celtics were 11 of 34. They shot 32%. And the Raptors actually went 12 of 40 and shot 30%. So the Celtics did shoot a better percentage, but the Raptors made more threes. So very, very interesting type of stat that, you know, going forward, if the Raptors made five more threes, this could be a completely different ball game. Or, you know, they took six more threes. Even if they hit half of them, that's an additional 12 points for the Raptors. And next thing you know, it's only a 10-point game. And anything could happen when it's a 10-point game because the NBA is filled with runs. It's a game of runs. We all know that. Um, but going back to the Celtics' defense real quick, the Celtics' defense was really good. But some of the offensive rebounds that OG and Anobi got drove me nuts. Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, if I like to say so myself. I don't understand why OG Ananobi is blacking out against the Celtics and why he's playing so well. I don't want to say he's the new Chris Middleton, but maybe he's like the Walmart version of Chris Middleton or Target at least, you know, but he is playing 
very, very well against the Celtics, and the Celtics need to find a way to get him off the offensive rebounds, whether that's Tatum. I mean, that's on Tatum, Brown, and really everyone involved. But who Tatum was guarding Ananobi a lot, but Ananobi got those boards, so that's on Tatum. And I didn't like that at all. But the Celtics did hold the Raptors to 11 points in the first quarter, 11 points, and the Raptors also shot 11% from three. They went one of nine from three in the first quarter. So if they make a couple of those threes, let's say they make two more threes, it's now 25 to let's say 17 at the end of the first quarter, that's a completely different game versus 25 to 11 that it was. It would have been nine points, but Kyle Lowry caught the Time Lord on a jump fake, and the Time Lord did not play well last night. I don't know. He didn't seem to be locked in. He didn't really have a great game. His pick-and-pop defense or pick-and-pop, pick-and-roll defense, whatever it was on Serge Ibaka was brutal. It was not good. He did not recover at all. I don't know if his back is still hurting when he landed on his back after that monster dunk. I think it was in Game 3 or Game 2. I forget when he hurt his back. Was that Game 3? I feel like Game 3 was like 17 weeks ago. Does anyone else? No? Okay. But... Kyle Lowry definitely caught him, hit the two free throws, got it to 11 points. But the reason why the Raptors only scored 11 points was because of Daniel Tice. I thought Daniel Tice was terrific on both ends of the floor, especially defensively. I mean, the fact that Tice went 5 of 5 from the field, he had 8 boards, 2 blocks, he was a plus 22, 15 points was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, I, I feel like I was the first four games. Of this series, Daniel Tice has not been playing well. He played okay in game one, but overall, he has not been playing well. But when looking at game five... Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! Yeah, that's right. Daniel Tice just, I felt like, completely redeemed himself (laughs) for his terrible performances in game two, three, and four. He played fantastic in Game 5. It was absolutely awesome, awesome basketball. But the other thing that I really enjoyed about the Celtics was it looked their offense looked pretty good, minus them trying to get cute. I felt like Kemba had a few chances for a layup and instead, you know, get a layup or at least go to the free throw line, but instead he tried to, you know, have a dump pass and it would cause a turnover and it really wasn't the best decision in the world. But there was one time it did work. And oh me, oh my, Jalen Brown threw down a monster, monster dunk. And I didn't really know how to feel. But a former season ticket holder and a friend of mine, Sarah, she said it was, it kind of reminded her of watching French porn for the first time. It was dangerous, it was different, and it was delightful. And to be honest with you, it was dangerous to dunk like that. It was different to take one dribble and to jump outside the restricted area to throw down a dunk. And it was a delightful finish. So it all really makes sense with the way that she described it. So... I'm saying to myself after the first quarter, you got to lead, you got to do it again. And it worked out well because Fred Van Fleet right away picked up his third foul on on Tatum on a three-point shot. I think that was like 90 seconds into the game. The Raptors did score 12 points in the first four minutes, even though they only scored 11 in the first 12. So that really wasn't great. But that's when the Celtics took a little punch, took a little jab. And I, I was just shocked that... After the Raptors kind of threw a punch, they went small. No Ibaka, no Gasol, no Boucher. They're they're trying to match the small Celtics lineup, and it really didn't work for them. And that turned into a 13-2 run by the Celtics, which was led by great defense again. Yes, the Raptors had some dumb fouls to help, but good defense leads to good offense. 
the Celtics made a lot of shots in this game, and that gave their defense the opportunity to set up. And what I've been saying all series, the Raptors' half-court offense sucks, especially when they are losing. When they are down, that Raptors' half-court offense cannot catch up. The, the Raptors go on runs when they are actually running with fast breaks. So if the, they can't do that if the Celtics are shooting 49% from the field overall in the game. They can't do that. So if the Celtics make shots and can get back and set up their defense, good luck. Good luck. So bravo to that. And there was a, I know we talked about in game four how it was just like a poop, shit storm, what the hell's going on type offense from the Raptors. And it worked out for them. But that's because the Celtics did miss some shots and the Raptors could really kind of do whatever they want and the Celtics couldn't get fully set. But in this game, they could get fully set. And look what happened. Great defense leads to the better offense. Bravo. So the Celtics had a 26-point lead heading into the half. And then you're saying to yourself, oh, my God, it's now the third quarter. Oh, no, this is going to work out because in games two, three, and four, the Raptors have outscored the Celtics 91 to 67. So what's going to happen? Is this going to be a 10-point game with, you know, two minutes left to go in the third quarter? The Celtics did come out a little slow, and they committed some dumb fouls. And I liked how Brad Stevens said after the game, he didn't remember what he said to the guys at, at halftime. Now, that could mean one of two things. He didn't know what to say because he was nervous that they were going to have another bad third quarter or just literally the bubble just affects them so much that they don't even know what day of the week it is. Like Brad even said that he didn't even know that it was Labor Day today until someone told him. So that just shows how focused Brad is and how crazy the bubble life really is. But the Raptors did go on a 10-5 run and got it below 20, but Brad called a timeout, a good timeout. Just, hey, Siakam scored six straight points. But we got to calm down. It's okay. They were going to come out strong. We were prepared for it. Now just take a breather, take a deep breath, and let's start playing Boston Celtics basketball again. And they did that. And it especially worked out when Siakam picked up his fifth foul with five minutes to go in the third quarter. That was crazy. But the thing in the third quarter that really freaking bothered me was Marcus Smart. I know we all love the heart and the soul and the energy and the intensity that Marcus Smart brings to this basketball team. And I thought Marcus Smart played a fine game. That steal on Van Fleet in the first or second quarter was absolutely ridiculous where he stripped him running backwards. I get it. He's done some terrific things. But Marcus Smart trying to get fouls left and right in the third quarter drove me nuts. Like, why are you trying to pick up fouls? Just just stop. Just stop thinking about the officials and just play the goddamn game. There was a, a possession where Marcus Smart caught the ball at the three-point line in the corner, waited for the defender to fly at him, tried to lean forward into him, and the defender was smart enough not to do that. Marcus kind of flopped to try and sell it because that's all Marcus Smart can do is flop. And sometimes it works, so, you know, bravo. Bravo to him. I mean, Lowry sells it sometimes too. But just catch the ball and shoot it. Don't worry about it. It was so dumb. It was so stupid. I can't stand Marcus Smart trying to pick up fouls every 32 seconds because eventually it's not going to work out. He's going to get pissed. He's going to get tossed because Marcus hasn't gotten a tee in a while, I feel like. And that has to stay that way. But he cannot get frustrated. Like The, the Raptors are going to get a good chunk of the calls on Wednesday night at 6.30. We all know that. It's going to happen. And I'm just afraid Marcus is going to get really frustrated. And I don't want that to happen. I don't. 
he has to stop playing stupid. Stop thinking about the refs and start playing the game. Just play the game, especially when you can clinch the series. Just play the goddamn game. Anyways, the Celtics did get the lead back up to 30 with good play on both ends, so that was great. Definitely did help when Kyle Lowry got a tee, and Serge Ibaka was not happy with him. You, you could see him kind of mouth like, we are losing the game, like stop. So I wonder if that causes a riff in the locker room. The Raptors still somehow won the third quarter by three points. Like, what the hell? I thought the Celtics played really well, and then I looked up and I was just like, oh, we just lost it by three or four points. That's stupid. But the fourth quarter came around. And it was just vomit city all over the place. It was absolutely terrible. The teams combined for seven points in the first four minutes. Celtics clearly gave up. They were just going through the motions, took bad shots. The Raptors did cut the lead down to 17. And a lot of the bench guys came in late. They were able to get the lead back over 20. They won by 22. But I thought, as much as I thought Brad Stevens was terrific in this game with his adjustments, his rotations, etc., etc., I really thought Brad left the starters in for too long. There was like six minutes left, and Kemba was still in, Jalen was still in, Tatum was still in. I was just like, what are you doing? Because if they get hurt, I'm going to fly down there and kill you because, like, you can't, you know, like, you're up 20, blah, blah, blah. Like, see you later. With that being said, I really wish the Celtics starters did expand the lead. So I, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, after I'm done stuttering, if Brad kind of kept them in to try and be like, you guys aren't going to come out until you expand this lead because you're literally playing against the Raptors bench because Nick Nurse did take out a lot of, I think, I don't think Lowry or Van Fleet played in the fourth quarter. And I, I know Anobi did. I mean, Anobi only played 26 minutes. Siakam only played 29. Marcus Gasol only played 14 minutes in this game. So he's going to be well-rested. Kyle Lowry played 34 minutes, and <laughs> he usually plays like 46, so I feel like he got a day off yesterday. So pretty, pretty crazy stuff with Brad Stevens leaving all the starters in for that long. But, you know, Romeo got some play. Like, I was so happy about how the Celtics played. Like, I wanted to kind of come back to earth, and I wanted to see Romeo Lankford out there and get angry again. That way it would try and level me off a bit. So, that you know, it worked out. So... There was your recap of Game 5. One of the five things that the Celtics have to do in Game 6 to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. Number one, don't put more pressure on yourself than needed. Just go out there, play Celtics basketball, treat it like any other game, okay? Calls might not go your way, but don't let it phase you. With that being said, where are the Raptors? Are, are they mentally checked out? Are they ready to leave the bubble? Because I feel like a lot of these elimination games, minus the, the Bucks. Uh, in this last game against the Miami Heat where they won in overtime to, you know, uh, avoid a sweep. Can the Celtics come out strong enough for the Raptors to go, yeah, we're going to lose. Let's just get out of the bubble. Let's just go home. Let's get back to our families and, you know, live a normal life. Because the Raptors were halfway out the door after everything happened with Jacob Blake, which I don't blame them at all in any way, shape, or form. But how are the Raptors going to come out in this game? Don't put more pressure on yourself just because you the series is on the line and you can clinch because game 7 there's going to be a lot more pressure on you than there are than there will be in game 6 so don't put more pressure on you than needed number 2 fine OG Ananobi please he shouldn't be the only raptor destroying you but he is so, Pascal Siakam's going to have a good game Lowry's going to have a good game Van Fleet's going to have a good game but and and that's fine that's expected I do not want OG Ananobi to have a good game. You could say, oh, yeah, sure, but he only shot three, 3 of 11 during that game. I don't care. 
he had seven rebounds and four of them were offensive. More than half of his rebounds were offensive rebounds. That has to stop. Tatum, Brown, Smart, whoever, Grant, Shemi, I don't care. Box him out. Box him out. I, I can't have OG Anobi force us into a game seven because he basically forced us into the spot that we're that we're in right now. Number three, keep up that great paint defense. Keep it up early. Keep it up often. And really just keep it up for the entire game. Lowry seems to be the type of player that loves to get going early. And so the Celtics stopped that. They wouldn't let Kyle Lowry into the paint. Kyle Lowry really couldn't get a lot of shots off like he did in game three or four. Very easy layups to kind of get himself going. And remember, the Raptors go as Kyle Lowry goes. If Kyle Lowry stinks, the Raptors most likely will stink. Sure, they could, you know, have one of those games where if Lowry stinks, everyone else plays well, but there is a possibility that if Kyle Lowry cannot get going early, then the rest of the Raptors team will not get going early as well. Number four, keep being aggressive and get to that free throw line. 27 free throws is how you win basketball games, especially when you make 24 of them. But you may not be getting the calls that you like. There could be some offensive charges that we do not agree with when they really should be blocks, etc., etc., Get to the basket. Make them follow you. Like, I'm not saying the refs are going to make you lose game six because I hate when people blame that because it's a lot more than that. But have the officials put you on the free throw line to get easy points to end this series. And then finally, number five, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum needs to finally show up for a full 48 minutes. The first 15 minutes of this game, he was absolutely fantastic absolutely fantastic he had like nine points seven rebounds three assists and then he kind of disappeared i need a full 48 minutes from jason tatum in the last three games jason tatum is shooting under 40 percent. he's 20 of 51 i need 10 free throws he had uh, i think seven or eight in the last game yeah he had eight so if you can get me two more free throws i'm not expecting him to get us that 14 or 15 that he had in what game two is that what it was when he dropped 34 I just need 10 free throws, make all 10, 30 points, and 12 rebounds. This is the time that Jason Tatum, if he really wants to be the superstar that he thinks that he is, and we all hope that he is, and I know I've said that before, if you can drop 30 and 12 in a game that you clinch the series in, that's how you become a superstar, young man. Do it for Deuce. Do it for your mom. Do it for Lou Brock, because I, I know... The, that St. Louis Cardinals legend was on your sneaker the other day. Do it for the Boston Celtics. Do it for the city of Boston. Jason Tatum is the reason the Celtics are going to win or lose this series. There's two games left. End it in Game 6, Jason Tatum. Thank you very much. And that's it for Episode 89 of the Midnight Marriage Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, as always. Uh episode 90 holy crap 90 episodes will be out on thursday morning the game is wednesday night at 6 30 against the toronto raptors Whew. i'm nervous should be fun but i'm looking forward to it so thanks so much for listening as always you can find me on the twitter machine at banner banter 18 or on facebook and instagram at banner banter podcast and remember if you don't like the current podcast app that you're listening to i'm still on apple podcast itunes uh, google play music spotify iHeartRadio, stitcher Amazon podcast, uh, yeah, and so on and so forth, and plenty and plenty of other podcasts. So thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you guys soon. Toodles and noodles, X's and O's, wear a mask, wash your hands, 
Black Lives Matter. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.